advisors want to build a scalable practice but aren't always sure what to do next. Welcome to Outcomes, the podcast designed to help advisors think, make decisions, and cast a vision to create a business for the future. Here's your host, Ross Marino, financial planner, author, speaker, and CEO of Advisor2x. Welcome to Outcomes, the podcast. Today, I am joined by Brandon Cutler, lead mentor at Financial Elements. Hello, Brandon. Hey, how are you? I am good. And I have to say off the bat, I love your title. It's mentor. You don't say advisor. And when I asked you what you do, you said mentor. You didn't say advisor first. That's intentional and it's a difference. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that's that, first. That's a great point uh, for us to bring up when when we're having you know those emotional conversations about finances. One of the things that we have to keep in mind is we have to be approachable. Uh, sometimes financial advisor can be intimidating. Where a mentor, you know, it, it seems like you're kind of on the same side, uh, working together on whatever kind of pops up. So I think having that available for people is just a, another way for us to be able to help out. It makes a difference and approachable is certainly a big part of it. When you go into companies and you're doing financial wellness and you're around employees, you're going to have a first impression. And if you don't look approachable, that conversation is never going to happen. So you have a dress for success strategy. So what do you do when you go into companies? Yeah, well, first they they get to see this mug, right? So that kind of gives me a, a step ahead. But whenever it comes to just being a little different, um, kind of changing the tune of that song just, just by a hair to where it's still appeasing, but it's not something that people are normally used to. Um, with us having the opportunity to work, and, and especially with COVID had a big effect, we're working in a couple of different capacities compared to what people are used to. And a lot of it is virtually um, where you can still match a face, but it's something that's a little bit more available. And all we're doing is we're adapting to the people that we're working with. Has anything surprised you over the last few years as, as you've been doing this and trying to help people make decisions and get involved in the 401k and wellness? Yeah, yeah. So another great question. I think uh, every day I'm surprised. Um, I'm surprised like, uh, you know, I have, a, uh, I have a daughter, I have an 18-month-old. So when she starts walking, I'm blown away, right? And then when she trips and falls, I'm still blown away. It's a really cool thing to, you know, watch her go. Um, and it's the same thing with working with people. I'm surprised to hear that people have had tough times and realize that they only want to endure that once and they're tired of it and they want to kind of get the ball going in the right direction. I'm also surprised to hear that um, people aren't just focusing on financial well-being. That's another great thing to, to kind of you know, look into. When it comes to wellness overall, it's not just financial wellness is what we you know, really help out with. A lot of times when we're talking about money, you know, we're, we're, we turn into a life coach, uh, an emotional coach, right? We're, we're, we're there with you through these tough times. So um, there's also a, a big surprise on how serious people are taking retirement, budgeting, uh, saving for their future selves and college expenses. Those are things that are, are great surprises compared to some of the bad things that you could face having some of those tough conversations with people that just had no idea what they had. So um, a lot of great things so far, even after a rough year for a lot of people. It's been a rough year and the K-shape recovery, as we talk about, is it's legit. I remember the first time reading it and it resonated with me because yes, there's some people in some businesses, they're at zero revenue. And there's not a thing they can do about it right now. Whereas other ones, they're having their best years ever. And that's got to create a lot of stress out there. 
And I think people, I hope people will be more receptive. You know, once you go through pain, you're certainly going to be more motivated to make sure you don't or, or try to avoid that pain in the future. Uh, but the wellness, it's really a groundswell right now. The, the mentoring aspect, I think you're going to see more and more conversations. And I know you guys are growing and you're doing real well. So I'm wondering on my end, do you think that this wellness push is part of the future? Or do you think that maybe five, 10 years from now, we actually see a flip where we approach with wellness and helping people individually and included in that is the 401k plan, but we're not leading with the 401k. You think it's going to be that big a deal down the road? Absolutely. I think it's going to be one of those life-changing opportunities that everybody's going to have access to. It has to be implemented for every single person. Um, you know, history shows kind of where we're at in the, in the financial wellness area. Uh, there's a lot of staggering statistics to, to where people are struggling. If we don't start with financial wellness, we're starting on rocky grounds in the first place. We're not building a good foundation. And, the, you know, a good foundation is going to be a staple for every single person. So, you know, for me, this is very serious. This is something that I, I love. I wake up every morning and I enjoy this kind of flows through my veins. And, you know, I, I feel like the importance of this um, is not only going to help that person, but we're talking generation upon generation of being able to put a person in a better financial situation that they've never been in before. Um, and in reality, you know, I, I personally don't know what's worse, um, going towards a goal and never reaching it or reaching it and then losing it. Um, so that's both spectrums of people that we talk with and we have to be there for them. And sometimes it's on some of the most easiest things that we can calculate like a budget. I did a CE recently on the Kitsis website and it talked about empathy and it specifically said cognitive empathy, where we understand what people are going through and what they're feeling, as opposed to empathy, where we actually feel it with them. And I know empathy is important. It can also be a risk because we can get too sucked in and feel the same emotions as them. So you're, you're deep into some conversations with people. They're, they're going to bear their soul to you because that's what you do when you know someone cares and, and they're objective and they're there trying to help. So uh, how do you manage that throughout the day? You must have some heavy conversations. Yeah, they, they can get very heavy. Like I said before, finances are emotional. Um, you know, when, when you just went through kind of the worst period of your life where you had to make that decision of do I put fuel in the car or food on the table? Um, you know, the best scenario about or the best thing about that is you're not alone. And I think the fact that we're having conversations with people that we've never met before, uh, they've never seen us in some cases, unless we set up a Zoom meeting for kind of that virtual meet, and they're still having that emotion or that very deep conversation, that means that we've, we've done our job in the sense of connecting with that person. Uh, I think that's half the battle. You can be the smartest person on the planet, but if you're not connecting with that person, your message isn't going to be relayed. Um, but, you know, overall, when, when we think about working with people, it doesn't really matter what we're working on. The fact that we're working with you, uh, we know that we're going to be able to put you in a better position, uh, period. Did you grow up around people making good financial decisions or did you see some up and down in your world? What was it like growing up? Yeah. So uh, I, I'm not going to say I had the worst grow up growing up ever uh, or upbringing. Uh, I'm a military brat. So we, um, you know, we took advantage of a lot of government programs and, you know, the systems that we had access to, we definitely took advantage of. Um, I actually graduated college and worked with a family member uh, for a good period of time. And 
that family member is uh, a little older in age. And, you know, whenever I asked about retirement, I can't remember how I got started even asking questions like that. But um, I asked him what he had saved and he said nothing. And I'm not kidding you, Ross, that that was that was pretty scary for me, um, you know, tied up to another situation. I would say that that probably ousted by quite a bit, being to the point where, you know, you, you traveled the journey, you ran the marathon only to find that there's not as nice of a finish line as you thought it would be. You know, that, that's something you can't change overnight. So um, that that happened pretty normal. So whenever it comes to a lot of these things. Um, I may not be experiencing it with you right now, but I think that's helped me um, approach some of those situations that people are in because I've been able to see that from a personal scope, um, just not exactly mimicking their current situation. So I think that's a benefit to have. But, um, you know, we, we never talked about finances. Finance was a language that uh, from a level of respect, you didn't really talk about uh, too much unless it was introduced to you. So. In the household, there weren't too many terms that uh, we used outside of what a normal bank would use. There's no investing. If there is investing, it's in the system of interest in the savings account. So a lot of the terms that people um, I, that I talk with, uh, as they inform me that they are not familiar with, I can relate to that and be able to introduce and define and in a better way uh, to where we can kind of break it down and just make it a little easier for them for once. My daughter's a senior in high school. She's about to, to graduate. And someone in her class uh, asked her if he could come over and you know, take me to lunch or buy me a cup of coffee and talk to me because he you know, wanted to learn about investing. And uh, my daughter said, yeah, you know, probably I'll ask him. He said, okay, good. Cause you know, I'm on Robin hood and, and I've got AMC and, you know, of course you just feel it in your stomach right there. And, yeah. Yeah. and I, I blurt, because I blurt and I wish I didn't. And I instantly said to my daughter, that's not investing. That would be trading. That would be gambling. Uh, wealthy people didn't create their wealth by trading and gambling. And right. I probably monologued for a good 30, 40 seconds and then caught myself because she's used to it. That's what we do. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I know that's the attraction. So there's this populism and these apps and you know, Wall Street doesn't care about you. And you know we're here for you. And all they're doing is sucking people into get rich quick mm -hmm. and gambling. You've got to run into that endlessly. You should go out to companies where they actually think, why would I invest in a 401k and make maybe eight or 10% a year? I made that yesterday buying XYZ piece of garbage stock. So exactly. what, do you do? what do you do with that? Yeah, I think it's a matter of just understanding the overall goals that they have uh, being a millionaire overnight, right? I think that's the easy part. But the other side is um, helping them understand a little bit more about what they're missing out on, you know, the risk in, in involved in that. And I hear AMC a lot. I hear cryptocurrency a lot. I think, um, you know, those are great conversations to help them understand um, you know, let's say you do such and such, you know, what does it look like at the end, right? I, I want to force you to plan. I want you to self-realize that, okay, if this were to happen, how would I feel? If this were to happen, how would I feel? Because in the bigger picture, um, it, it's not bad that they're investing in AMC, but we're talking about people that have a large amount of debt uh, with consumer debt and they have no emergency fund and they're putting their money into this account because they've heard of AMC through social media. Right. So in that situation, those same people are having concerns because their company doesn't match with 401k or their company charges them an admin fee. Uh, and I think it's just a matter of, you know, helping them understand there are some priorities whenever it comes to planning for your finances. 
And, you know, I would hate to see this money go away. And sometimes it's a tough love type of conversation, but money is important to everybody. I don't see anyone throwing money out the window, driving down the street. If I did, I'd, I'd chase them pretty good. Um, but it's a situation where, you know, people work hard for the money. We want to be able to educate them on different ways to manage it. But overall, they can't read something online that they think pertains to their situation because nine times out of 10, it would be completely opposite. Yeah, the, the whole idea of finding information and being able to make money, uh, it's really, it's exploitation of the ignorant. And, and I get it. I did it when I was younger in my own way. And um, I paid my tuition, which is code for it, lost everything. And, yep. <laughs> and so, so we're all going to pay the tuition of life. So yeah. I, I remember a professional trader once saying that we're going to take my experience and your money and we're going to make it your experience and my money. And I'll never forget that because that's yeah. what goes on in the world of trading. The pros are going exactly. to take your money, but you know, you have to learn it yourself. Now, I know when you go through some of these companies and you hold the meetings, you may know some people that have some challenges, they're struggling, but you know, they don't come up to you right off the bat. Uh, do you have a way to, to either approach these people or encourage them? How do you connect somebody without connect with someone without being, say, too pushy or overbearing? Yeah, well, that's exactly what I do. I just bug them, Ross. I just bug them nonstop. I call. No, I'm joking. So um, <laughs> it, it's just a matter of being there when they call. You know, it, I may talk to someone who, who this is their first job, right? They have no idea what a 401k is. They don't even know how to get to work, right? They're working on getting a car right now. So that 401k is a little further out in the distance. Um, but I think the, the multiple types of touches that we're trying to get and the different ways that we're trying to touch and get in contact with people are going to give them uh, more of a comfortable approach on, hey, I don't have to meet face to face with this guy in a suit. Um, I don't have to do anything that I want to. I've held Zoom meetings where I would show my video and they do not show their video. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Because that allows me to simply have a connection and, and, you know, we are in an environment where things haven't changed too much in our field in the sense of communication. So we have this great opportunity to take advantage of Zoom and, and you know, such a great thing like YouTube and podcasts and things like that. So it's just something that everything is working, right? I think that in the sense everything is working and it's only going to get better because now we have uh, some additional tools in the toolbox that we can use to have conversations with people um, but it, it, it all is dependent on the person as well. I spoke with a person that uh, we had advisors go to this uh, uh, particular plan multiple times, I think once every week. This person would attend the meetings and be kind of the, the person that kind of sits in the back, doesn't really say anything, takes the information, takes some notes, and, and, it, and it's great. Um, I think the different type of communication source kind of changed the, in the sense of that person uh, wanting to actually talk about finances. The fact that she can have a phone call with a mentor, I can have a Zoom call with her and introduce myself, allowed her not to be able to ask questions in front of everybody and not have to, you know, wait until everybody leaves to ask advisors, you know, very serious questions. It, it just allows a different type of comfort. So I think the best ways for us to kind of really keep going in the same pace is just make ourselves available with a lot of different options and a sense of communication and keep up with the times uh, of technology. It sounds like offering financial wellness and making an impact at the work site is similar to a 401k where you're, you're playing the long game and you got to invest regularly in it and know that over time it's going to pay off. 
How do you work with plan sponsors who maybe after say three or four months think, you know, I haven't heard any good stories. I'm not sure if this is worth it. You're, you're taking people out of work or from their, their lunch. Do you, you, you run into any issues yet of people who just aren't believers because they're not seeing enough, uh, enough proof to them? Yeah, luckily I uh, haven't ran into one of those situations yet. Um, but I feel like when, when I am approached with that scenario, I think some plan sponsors should realize that if it impacts one person, um, the, the impact can't be calculated in a, in a tangible sense of putting a numeric value by it. Um, it can go from very serious situations that are life-threatening to just being a little bit more efficient, adding beneficiaries to your account, right? So there's a big range of ways that we're helping people. And luckily, most of the plan sponsors that we've been working with understand that, that, you know, if people are, you know, actually working and not stressed about finances or not stressed about making ends meet or putting food on the table, they're going to see it on their end as much as we're going to be able to provide it in kind of the data sense. But to your point, luckily, I haven't ran into that situation. I think, you know, educating them on, on really the value that we bring and how personal we can be, um, I'm sure that would alleviate any concerns that, that um, any plan sponsor would run into. Um, of course, there's going to be some depth in there as well. Yeah, I'm thinking the, the pandemic would possibly be the best thing that could ever happen to financial wellness because employers are so aware of the strains and stresses that people have. Even if you, someone in your company still has a job, their spouse or another family member may not, unlike mm -hmm. any other time since uh, I could remember at least. So this may be the perfect storm to reach out to plan sponsors and, and help them understand the power of what we do because they see the proof when people are distracted and leaving early and trying to juggle. And uh, what some of the people have had to go through during the pandemic with young kids at home and trying to work in Zoom, um, I, I literally made it one week at home trying to do Zoom. <laughs> that was it. One, one week. And we joke here that everybody has their own office. There's multiple bathrooms. We all have our own corners here. We're good. So everybody was here with masks. We stayed away, but I, I made it a week. That was it between the dogs and the cats and everything else going on. I thought there's no, no, just no, can't do it. Yeah, so it was fortunate, but some people there, there's no option. So it's been a grind. So I think, I think that'll make it a, a, a little more, uh, people will be a little more open to trying to help people in those times of crisis, because it does, it costs the business and it costs the people. Well, how about the, the last question? And it's, it's the magic wand question. Oh, so this is it. Yeah, you, gotta be, <laughs> you gotta be ready, Brandon. So it's game time, right? So I let you wave the magic wand. You can change anything in the world, not related to the pandemic. If you could wave the wand, what would you do, Brandon? If I could wave the wand, I would just have a blanket of, peace and love and overall wellness kind of flow through uh, every single person, you know, really empathy, love and, and peace is going to run the world overall wellness, not just financial wellness, you have to take care of yourself, your family, your mind, uh, those those beautiful things that we work for every day. So if I had to uh, make any changes, I would just just wish for peace, love and overall wellness. I would love for you to do that with the wand. <laughs> So thanks so much for being on the show. Great answer. Appreciate you being a guest. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Ross. Thank you for listening to Outcomes. Subscribe now to be notified when new episodes become available.
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Advisor 2X. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.